Hello and welcome to the British Haunting Podcast, episode one. Um, and yes, we are debuting on Halloween. Uh, pretty special day, right, Dan? For some people. <laughs> for, for for many saints, people, it's just another day. Really, it, it could be. Yeah, it's it's quite it's terrible weather out there today. Uh, it wouldn't be a British podcast if we didn't mention the weather at least once. But as it is the uh, the first episode, um, I'd like to introduce you to our podcast um, and also to ourselves. Uh, my name is Stephen Horn. Um, I'm a theologian, amongst many other things, and this is Dan Brunetti. Hello, it's Dan. <laughs> Um, the aims of our podcast is to really, um, f- well, for you, the listener, I guess it's to inform you, uh, to uh, perhaps give you an insight into the world of the paranormal in ways that you might not have thought of before, or perhaps ways you have thought of and you hadn't heard about before. So that's what we want to bring to you, something original or something new. Um, lots of content we want to bring to you. We're going to probably be spe- going into specialist areas um, each week. And uh, I'm really doing a heavy focus on, on one particular area. So that might be the occult or ghosts or a- any, any, any suggestions there, Dan, as to what do you want to cover? Well, I'm personally more interested in the history of things. Um, I'm very much a sceptic. I don't think any of it exists and that you're mental. But that's fine. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the idea of the podcast, I suppose. Well, we are we are the yin and yang of the paranormal world. So and, you know, that's what we've been called. Yes, amongst yeah. other things. Amongst other things, yeah. Um, so uh, we hope you enjoy your time spent with us. Um, if you're in the car, or if you've got headphones on, whatever it is, wherever you are, um, sit near back. A hedge. In in a in yeah in, in a hedge near in, a hedge in a hedge. Do you know what we've got a story about someone in a hedge in have today's we? episode? We have we have we have. It's oh, close to a hedge. You have. It's a road. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, so, I suppose a road, a hedge. Are they not the same? Well, it could be. I guess it, again, it's who you're asking, really. Isn't it? <laughs> a shrubbery. Anyway, so that is today's podcast, episode one. We will be focusing on the amazing theme of Halloween, and why else we'll be looking at anything else on today? It is Halloween. Absolutely. The debut episode of British Haunting. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome again to episode one of the British Haunting Podcast. Episode one, Halloween. So, Dan, it's, it's, it's Halloween today. Um, can you believe that we're actually debuting the British Haunting Podcast on Halloween itself? What's the chances of that? I know, I was very, uh, very excited this morning. I woke up, felt, you know, so I opened my Halloween presents. <laughs> um, what did you get? Oh, I don't get, oh, Halloween pyjamas, you know, the pumpkin ones. Yeah. The, yeah, very nice. Hang on a sec, was it, was it Halloween pyjamas or was it you were just dressed as like one pumpkin? I, I've been, I'm dressed as a pumpkin now, Steve. I don't even mm. think you noticed. I, you I, haven't I, even noticed. I haven't noticed. Um, for, for, the, uh, for the listeners at home, what you can't see at the moment is we are recording this from, uh, from Dan's fine residence. And mm-hmm. um, I'm sat in uh, what feels a, a very, I, I want to say Victorian-esque room with it with the picture gallery i'm sitting in it's, it's a very modern twist but there's a there's a there's a sheet of plexiglass between me me and dan it, i feel like i'm in the bank at a banker's counter about to uh take ask bank. for some money yes or, or post yeah because you wouldn't give me any money <laughs> um yeah, this and, uh, is in an effort to be safe and to make sure that uh, we're a social uh, 
following the guidelines, which might change in the next week or so. This might be a podcast that you don't hear again for a little bit. Who That's knows? Yes, yeah, so, so take advantage and, and uh, milk this information. Can you milk information? I don't I, know. I've been milking information for years. I, I think... <laughs> the information cow. <laughs> the information cow. With a, a teats of experience and wisdom. Yes. Teats of experience <laughs> is the name of my first punk band. <laughs> oh, I remember those days. I think we should move on. Um, right. So we're we're going to uh, we're going to start with um, we've got a few things to cover today, but we're going to start with uh, essentially a history of Halloween. Um, it makes sense. We want to you know we want to uh, discuss that today because uh, it makes sense. Um, so, for you, you might know this information anyway. But sit back, relax, and um, and uh, learn. I guess maybe I don't know. Halloween. Um, essentially, it's a it's a contraction of All Hallows Evening. So uh, essentially, All Hallows Eve. So for those who aren't of the know, um, it's actually originally the evening before um, the Christian celebration of All Hallows Day. Uh, All Hallows Day marked the period of uh, a period known as All Hallows Tide. So you would have, uh, for example, you might have heard of Yule Tide. So essentially, the Christmas period, and this is All Hallows Tide. Um, it's a period basically dedicated to remembering the dead, the saints, and the martyrs. Uh, indeed. In fact, I noticed that a hallow may also be a synonym with the word saint. Mm. So in some ways, you could be saying that this is All Saints Eve. I mean. <laughs> If that doesn't remind you of the girl band All Saints, I don't know what does. I don't know about you, Steve, but when I was young, I used to go door to door with little chocolate, just knocking on the door, singing All Saints songs, and, as you would. And this wasn't just on the 31st of October, was it? Oh, sometimes it was July, sometimes it was June. Anyway, I would knock on the door and people would come out with little chocolate Melanie Blatts. And I'd oh, be brilliant. Do you not remember? <laughs> I, it, it was like it was yesterday. Okay. In fact, it may have been, yeah. may have been so, yesterday. But, uh, yeah, it's, like I say, hallow is essentially a synonym for saint. Yep. And a saint, if you're not acquainted with that, is someone who's exceptionally holy or holy to an exceptional degree. Yes. How holy do you think you are, by the way? Um, uh, what scale are we using? Oh, I'd say 100% is the most holy. Oh, okay. Oh, crikey. Um, Zero it, is the least. Like... It does vary day to day. Uh, and actually, imagine. it varies during the day and whether I'm working at home on my own or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say on an average... Dan's face is confused right now. The, I, would, I would say on average, I am probably 427% holy. Um, that's uh, if we're going up to 800%. Sure. Eight hundred percent. Yes, hmm. um, okay. I, I've not never reached eight hundred percent. I've got close, I've got close, but yeah, no. yeah. So I mean, it's just out of interest. Uh, saints may be then venerated on this particular day. I suppose a lot of what we're talking about here is that Halloween comes really from a Christianized yes. holiday, yeah. and and so especially a Catholic holiday where saints are, are the most. Sort of venerated, of course, the Protestant belief saints don't feature at all. So, really, it's it's a transitional thing. In That's terms right. Of yeah, where Halloween comes from, and hence why we see it um, so readily celebrated in uh, countries that are more, say, perhaps predominantly ca- uh, Catholic in mm. terms of their Christian presentation. So, like Mexico, where we have um, Day of the Dead, yeah. for example. So, yeah. this would be their Day of the Dead. Yeah, uh, and the yeah, still obviously do that to a degree that yeah. we don't see anywhere else really. That's right. Yeah, um, that's possibly because England is very much a. 
Protestant or sort of faithless country in many ways now. Yeah, and that might explain why uh, Halloween's uh, celebrations, if we want to put it like that, in this country are pretty much not religious anymore um, and uh, predominantly, um, I want to say, coca cola um, that That Americanism uh, where it's become something quite commercial. So, um, of course, but what, you know, the, obviously, uh, you, you know, you guys at home listening in, um, you're wanting to know about Halloween in this respect uh, because essentially because of the paranormal element and, and that's what, you know, obviously we're, we're interested in um, because, it, you know, why, why would they be, uh, why, why would the early Christians be, you know, dedicating an entire period to remembering the dead and the saints? I mean, it's not just, you know, you could have a, a day for that and, of course, you do have individual days for saints to remember those saints. So there's something quite transitional there and we know that this ties into... Um, you may call it um, pagan roots or the, the Celtic roots. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to deliberately mispronounce this word, but I, I'm pretty sure 99% of you at home will be doing the same when you Google it, which is the Samhain, S-A-M-H-E-I-N, I yeah, believe yeah, I was, is the spelling. I saw somewhere um, else it was Sowin. Yeah. It's it, hard to know. Yeah, so, we, so what was the pronunciation again? Sowin. 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 So, Which essentially means in Gaelic, I believe, was last day of summer. Yes, yeah. And uh, in the Welsh, in the Calangaeth, it meant the first day of winter. So it's that transitional period yeah. that would remind farmers and other people in agricultural situations to do what they needed to do, maybe push their sheep into another field or do other things like that. Yeah. Um, so it, was, it had that sort of root there. But, uh, yeah, it's that... It's that period of going from light into dark, and and it's a period of time. So uh, it's not just obviously a, a moment. It's a, it's an extended period of time where people know that for the next few months, you know that that was it. You know, I mean, we're talking about times before you had the common light bulb. So um, you can understand where the perhaps the superstitions might have come from, but that's not to belittle the experiences of what those people were actually experiencing. There was clearly, for some reason, a particular uh, fear. Um, uh, it might, might have been a healthy fear, like a respect of, of the dead, but um, it may have actually been, it could maybe be put down to actual experience. Because, of course, Halloween is understand, understood as a liminal time. Uh, and liminal, in this sense, pertains to uh, an entrance or a threshold or a doorway. Um, and in this specific sense for Halloween, um, at this time of year, um, that liminal... Uh, entrance it, it essentially represents the boundary between this world and the the other world uh, and that that boundary thins so there's always that that boundary between the say the living and the dead or um, say the holy and the unholy and at this time of year and particularly at this transitional point uh, it's understood um, particularly with that christian foundation that that veil as such thins and it's over this particular night uh, from say to, uh, from this evening until um, the early hours till the essentially till the witching hour which we know is three o'clock uh, that veil gets uh, is, is understood to be extremely thin so that transition between uh, ghosts or entities being able to come into this world if you believe so um, could happen yeah and like like we were saying earlier you know Sawin or Samhain or however you want to put it was Christianized by the early church who you know like many early church situations would aid the transition from uh, one belief system to another by co-opting something maybe potentially there's a strong potential that that was what happened here you know and the early church is uh, 
is implicated in this. And when I say early church, I don't mean the church that's early up in the morning before seven. And so, do you remember? I don't know about you, but my nan always was always the person who was up before seven or whatever, and she'd tell yeah. me things like, you know, I was missing the best part of the day. Yeah. That would annoy me if the early church was doing that. You know, <laughs> come, come, join our new Christian festival. Also, you've missed the best part of the day. So. Oh, you've missed eternal life. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, so it's it's difficult to yeah it's difficult to know how the early church were doing this, but it, the belief, like I say, is that they would. Help. Interestingly, though, with in terms of say, I say relative. Not this isn't early early church. This is uh, perhaps uh, early Christendom as we understand it in Europe. So after, I'm gonna, after ten o'clock. After t- right. well, I'd how say nine o'clock. You know, Ooh. it depends. Uh, it might be efficient, like the Germans. Sorry, um, carry on. Anyway. And. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I want to bring it into something in the modern context I mentioned earlier on obviously there's been this commercialization and that might downplay the seriousness of um, of of Halloween in terms of obviously for a lot of people it's very much a, a fun period it's some a fun event and we're going to dress up and you know we'll, we'll dress up in spooky things like you said that you know there was this tradition of, of you knocking on people's doors and asking for chocolates and Dressed as you know, what have you? It could be as a as a uh, as a saint, um, you know. Um, but where does uh, you know? I was I was trying to understand where that came from, and um, I'm sure you've had those questions as well. And this is interesting because this is where it ties in essentially to the the we might get a greater understanding of uh, that kind of understanding of the spiritual realm from these people in fairly early European Christendom. Um, essentially, though, from from this, uh, we know from the 16th century for sure, and it's possibly beforehand. Uh, there is some scant evidence that, especially within the UK, so again, this is uh, British haunting, um, mumming. So that's M U M M I N G, mumming and guising started. Um, essentially, this was the early. F- uh, you're looking at me confused. So what's, what's mumming, and, mumming and guising is, is the mumming where she licks your licks her thumb and wipes the stuff off your cheek. Yes, That's and uh, guising is just a poor pronunciation of guessing. Oh, okay. I'm guessing. No, mumming, mumming and guising is essentially trick or treating, ah. um, and this is where it came from. So it wasn't an American tradition of knocking on door and asking for candy. Uh, it actually mumming and guising uh, started within the UK. It involved people going house to house in costumes or disguises. Uh-huh. Um, you may have seen some of terrifying, sort of almost like Victorian children wearing halloween costumes and you know they're wearing like sackcloths and it's just something about it is so much more scary than what we have today um but they would go uh, from uh, house to house in costume uh, and this is all ages uh, and they would often be reciting songs or verses uh, in exchange for food so um the the essentially i think it's fair to say that what you're looking at was like pre-christmas caroling no, yeah. I'm not talking about the history of Christmas caroling here. I'm on about we're having a warm up before we have Christmas in a couple of weeks. So it's important to warm up. That's it. Yeah, stretching, yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, like you say, in the Middle Ages, churches were too poor to display relics. So we're going back to saints again because this yes. this period of saints having us having a of um, importance in the UK was a very long period and it was very important a lot of people didn't necessarily let go of it that easily and i guess we do still have a lot of hangover but we don't recognize that that's the case yeah. but some churches they were too poor to even have relics 
of saints. So like a, that's sad, isn't a, it? A, it is. It is very sad. Um, I'm I'm hoping to start an appeal after this. I mean, first of all, retrospectively, first of all, it was the lead roofs, wasn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. and now it's like I can't. No, aff- no, I can't, know, can't afford a saint. Saint Alfred or Jeremy. I haven't got his leg. So <laughs> what they did instead was they encouraged the people of the till towns and villages to dress like their favourite saints. So I don't know about you, Steve, but my favourite saint might be uh, uh, Saint Catherine, you know, of the Catherine oh. Wheel. Oh, okay. I, I do feel like dressing like her might be a bit difficult, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Some some saints lost Wouldn't their miss heads. You. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, indeed, you'd know. Yes. You'd know about it. Where's, where's, where's Jeff? Oh, he's over there, you know, dressed like a firework. Anyway... Um, so that was one of the beliefs that the beginning of this was maybe dressing like that. And then latterly, in the medieval period, up until around the 1930s, Catholics and Protestants alike would ask for soul cakes in exchange for a prayer for their soul. Now, I've, soul I've got to cake. stop you there for a second. Yes. I, I need to know mm-hmm. about a soul cake, because this is, this is news to me, OK? Yeah, and and I, I don't know... I don't know whether it's. Uh, I know it's not musical preference. I know what it is. Uh, it's it's growing up watching The Simpsons. I know it's a spurious link. It seems, but um, do you remember Bleeding Gum? Was it Bleeding, Bleeding Gums, Gums Murphy? Murphy? Yeah. yeah okay. You said Soul Cake, and all I yeah. can think of is Bleeding Gums Murphy. So I'm assuming that they didn't go around essentially wanting a cake in the shape of Bleeding Gums. Murphy, so I don't believe so. No, no. Have you got any details? The soul text. And I, I, I assume you're wondering, and, and hence your diversion. I won't be able to sleep tonight if you don't tell me, to be fair. Well, there you go. You maybe, maybe after this, you won't be able to sleep. Anyway, <laughs> it is quite frightening so far. Um, so, the soul cake yes. is spice, nutmeg, cinnamon, raisins, currants, something. Uh, Else in it might be uh, ginger, you Ooh, know, okay. that sort of thing. So quite, you wouldn't necessarily use all of these spices. Yeah. I guess it's about what you've got is it to glu- hand. Is it gluten-free? It may not be oh. gluten-free, but the gluten-free alternatives might be uh, available. But they were fine in the 30s. And they? people would also sing, yeah. and they would sing requests for ale, apples, soul cakes. So... I guess the three elements that you would associate with Halloween and, and going door to door, mumming and so on, yep. is there really. You've got the singing, you've got the dressing up, and you've got the food. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a case of looking at it now and saying, well, I can see the origins here quite clearly. Yeah, yeah. You know, based in this religious... I, f- I find it interesting, though, that the, um, the, the costumes would always be, regardless of whether they're, you know, some form of disguise or something like that, that they was the costumes were always uh, impersonations of the dead, so mm. it was never like you know. Um, I mean, you didn't have it obviously in the eighteen hundreds. You might have had Charles. So like, I picked pick the eighteen hundreds. You know, like oh Charles Dickens. He's yeah. he's you yeah. know that top star. He's just released like that Dickens. that new controversial book. I'll dress up like him. Yeah. But it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't be like you know. I guess what I'm thinking of is. Um, like Harley Quinn, okay. So for about the last three or four years, maybe longer, um, probably. Yeah. Well, like, three yeah. Um, it seems that many, many um, young females might dress up as uh, as Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, it seems yeah. quite a popular choice um, for anyone, I guess. Um, <laughs> it depends if you've got the legs for it, really, doesn't it? Um, but you know, it's very much a character from 
a film. Um, it's obviously you know there's a sexualized element to that, but um, this was you know this is deeply entrenched within that remembering of the dead, remembering the saints and the martyrs. Yeah, you know that you, you can't be much more dead than a martyr, someone who has died for something. So, um, is, is the uh, the most dead? Yeah, um, but I, I've 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 heard though that essentially though that 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 um, dressing up as the as as the dead, it, that's where the disguise element comes in. So that because that veil had thinned, uh, and I say that veil had thinned. Remember, we've still got Halloween now. We just have a you know the, a lot of people have a different way of looking at it. So if if the period exists as a veil, a thinning of the veil between this world and the next, then it didn't just stop when I know we reached nineteen eighty or something like that. It, you know, it would still be the case now, regardless of belief or not. So I think it's interesting in that sense that you know understand that the reason why they were dressing as the dead was to fool the dead so the spirits would come back and they would see uh i guess people who looked like they were dead or ghastly and uh, or ghostly um and they would you know i guess pass them by or almost uh, uh there's something in there with that reminds me of the like the passover event so for if you're not up on your biblical knowledge um read the bible you will be but in this instance um you'd have like the passover uh, event so um the um uh, essentially uh, the who would become the israelites um the, the, the jews um they were uh, they were in Egypt and the plagues were happening and you've probably heard about this in uh, many Disney films actually and um, to the, uh, essentially a spirit of, uh, a spirit of God um, as the spirit of death in this instance was coming over um, part of Egypt and was taking everyone out particularly the firstborn and so they would protect themselves by smearing the blood of um, say like a, a lamb over the door um, so um, so that would be Passover and then Passover became a meal um, the Passover of that spirit so essentially there's a what I'm saying is there's a really deep entrenched um, religious and I guess theolo- there is a theological understanding but a religious narrative behind um, trying to fork spirits and, and try to get some protection from them and recognising that they've got some power over us which would in some ways not make sense I suppose because you would on one hand saying that they have some power over us on the other hand they're easily fooled like yes. Scooby Doo or yeah. some sort of reveal situation that's it yeah. so I, I'm not sure I, it's hard to know where you fall on how easily these things you know they're very powerful but at the same time easily fooled it's a yeah. difficult situation to be in I, I like I think because of the fear element that obviously that most of us um, would have in the presence of, say, like, uh, you know, if there was a spirit to appear right now, uh, or at least manifest in some way, like a poltergeist or something, um, I, I think it's kind of like one of those those sort of wishful thinking kind of things. You know, it's the, uh, the pocket full of poses thing. It's the, uh, th- this will protect me, like a lucky charm or something. Me lucky There's charms. one thing control. Yes, in yeah. Some ways, and which is how you, where some of this will have come from originally. Yes. The yeah. element of the idea... Of wanting to control the weather or the transition of a period, or be able to celebrate it, but also know that you play a role in it somehow, and you're yes. not insignificant. I suppose that's it. Yeah, I think that there's some very deep human questions in there. Definitely, it's that wanting to wear a seatbelt on a plane to stop me dying kind of thing, and it's the illusion of safety there. I think 
and I think that's an important seat point. Seatbelts in a car, though. Seatbelts do actually work. Yeah, that works. That works. But then, but then you don't plummet from thirty thousand feet. You haven't driven like I do. <laughs> For the record, uh, Dan is uh, telling the absolute truth. <laughs> so yeah, so that that's that really is an introduction to to Halloween. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Which uh, obviously, as we touched on towards the end there, um, that that really then brings into question whether there's this thinning of the veil tonight um, at Halloween, um, particularly. It could be there at any point, but if it's particularly thin this time of year, um, like a hole in the ozone layer, um, then uh, you know we we might possibly be experiencing. You might be experiencing some experiencing some ghostly behaviour phenomena tonight. So. I think we should discuss that. I think so. So, if uh, I suppose if I were to to see something flying around the room, something different, something fell over, whatever, you know, in a context where it wasn't imagined that that was a natural occurrence I would very easily jump to think that it was something that was within the realms of possibility okay I I don't believe you know I think if I was in this room um, and just for people that are watching there's watching you know people that are listening there's books on the shelves there's pictures on the walls, etc. If one of them fell off or whatever, I'd imagine it was just because of gravity and other things yeah. that are sensible and uh, fall within the realms of my experience. Mm. You know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't jump to presume that it was a poltergeist or a spirit or some other creature of uh, supernatural yeah. properties. Yeah. Because that's, I don't know, it's not in my belief system, so I, I wouldn't jump to it. Yeah. So, yeah. I... And the thing is, is um, <clears throat> for someone like myself who uh, who does believe in a lot of uh, phenomena, um, and, and for, for good reason as well, and we'll, we'll go into that more over the next few weeks and the coming months. Um, I think I think it's also uh, important to note that a, a, probably a majority of phenomena if we want to call it that, so we can encompass a lot of things that people experience, um, say at this particular, especially this time of year, um, are explainable. Um, I, I, as someone who has gone into people's houses before to, uh, whether it's like conducting like a, what we call like a blessing or a cleansing over a house, it might be someone's been experiencing um, lots of phenomena <clears throat> and I could go into that house and, perhaps do a blessing over their house or even going so far as something what we would call a house exorcism which is a bit different to a personal exorcism it's essentially removing perhaps objects and things in that house that might be causing that person some distress um i i've always made a point to them that you know that for a majority of time it might be just something to comfort them that this might be able this might be explained away and that that's what we should pursue in the first instance and that's not to dismiss anyone's beliefs uh, in that at all it's just that um, this isn't common practice it's phenomena and it's phenomena for a reason that for me that doesn't dismiss the fact that these things can happen that and it also doesn't dismiss that you know everything I'm not suggesting that everything that's unexplainable is a paranormal um 
it's paranormal activity in some way but um, I would certainly go so far as to say that there is um, a number of cases where it you know I, I would certainly put my um, put my reputation on the line there and say you know that, that it is is something that someone's experiencing that that experience is paranormal um, but that gets me on to um, on to topic of what I would I would essentially call it echo theory. Um, someone else has probably given it another name somewhere else, and uh, someone may have even already coined that theory, but it's the idea of ghosts being echoes. So we could ask the question of what ghosts are, and that is a question we will we will go into at some other point. Um, and this isn't a, like an echo, like into a... Well, it is kind of like an echo, into a cave, really. Sort of a hello, hello, hello. So it's essentially it might be a traumatic event in time, um, where someone might have been horrendously murdered and so you know someone goes and says oh someone was killed here in 1905 and now you know their ghost haunts haunts that place um, I, I'm talking about particular phenomena where um, you, you know you might have in fact we, we'll discuss this in a little bit but you know when you hear about reports of um, a famous ghost for example like we, we've gone we, we live in we're coming from Kent and uh, in Kent we've uh, we've gone to a place called Dover Castle if you live in the UK you've almost certainly heard of it and there's reports of um, say like a, as a drummer boy um, a, a young boy who walks along with a drum and he can be seen in the same place at the same time uh, and that's that's quite a different phenomena really to I guess the phenomena we're talking about which could possibly happen over this thinning of the veil tonight um, because these these kind of experiences where someone will see a ghost and it's in the same place the same time each year uh, or each night um, the, these are essentially echoes uh, where a traumatic event might have happened and that energy just continually happens all the time so it's something someone's ex you know people can experience even if they haven't experienced it in the first instance so um, think of it this way if you want to go on the scientific route um, you know how we can understand what's going on in the universe um, from like say the Big Bang period because we can see uh, we, essentially when we're looking at a star we know that that star isn't there it's dead and it's gone but we're seeing the echoes of it if you want to use that term yeah. to make it sort of easy to understand on this sense that that's what we're, we're we're experiencing so when we look up the stars at night we know that all of those stars because of the period of time it's taken from that light to get to our eyes so we can actually see it that that event that star is no longer there this shining that it's giving that the light it's emitting isn't actually happening anymore it's an echo in time and it, essentially these experiences when we get a ghost and it's something you know a, a, the drummer boy walking through Leeds Castle for example that's like an echo in time so it's unlikely that that ghost would interact with anyone and that's very different to bring it back to what you say Dan you know if you were to experience a, a picture falling off the wall now that could be well explained away and, and then a lot of the times it, it is explained and it can be explained away uh, I'd be interested to know your take on if, for example, so so in the room now, if I describe it to you, I'm not going to describe the whole thing. Um, I'll describe the code on his alarm code to get in the house. No, it's, Dan's got a drum kit in here, and there's a, interestingly, and I've got to mention it, there's a cricket bat that um, is also a bass guitar. Yeah. Um, it's quite great. Three strings, Am I, is that right? You've yeah, got there three, are three, three string strings on it. Bass, I was in which Wales. is unusual. It was 50 quid. Okay, it's Kookaburra, the Everyone original. Everyone else was whitewater rafting. <laughs> I didn't want to do whitewater rafting. It's definitely unique. Um, and uh, this was in a, a shop. And uh, I thought, yeah, I'll have that. I've got 50 quid. And I need a base. 
Yeah. Three strings, though. Yeah, I mean, one of them doesn't really work. So, <laughs> so it's in essence, it's a two-string bass. <laughs> wow, but... I could almost play that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what? What if? Anyway, yes, what if? Yeah. That was just to. Um, lift in the air now like you know some kind yeah, of energy yeah. manifest if it went into the air now it's I'm not I'm, I'm obviously it would be spectacular yeah certainly but you could understand why people would be you know yeah. would be scared I of think the thing. difficulty of course is that those situations have been well reported and so mm. on but under scientific testing where you rigorously repeat the situation yeah and the scenario it's it's very rarely if ever been proven to be something that scientifically you can say can be repeated under lab conditions and that's how we measure things scientifically yeah um i suppose that's how i would view it and uh they recently departed James Randi, obviously offered a rather large amount of money for someone to be able to replicate these things under lab conditions and it never happens so, yeah. you know there, there is something to cling to when you're looking at yeah um if you're a skeptic and an atheist like myself you can sort of say well this hasn't been proven that hasn't been you know and that that can offer some sort of uh something to hang on to when you want to say ah, it's you, not true when you don't want to crap yourself because you're yeah. at your base that you bought for 50, 60 quid from yeah. else is, I mean it hasn't happened and at yeah. this moment in time it is happening but I'm ignoring it yeah. because, <laughs> you know, just to prove a point the bat is levitating but, uh, if we could get out of here pretty soon yes that'd be great thanks Dan has soiled his stack so um, luckily I'm wearing those tenor for men so I'm all good <laughs> I'll just yeah. change it later <laughs> Or tomorrow. I, if you could do it as soon as possible, that'd be great. Yeah, um, you're always about this, but it's not. But it's interesting, though. You, you, you know, you're touching on to the topic of fear there. Mm. Um, and people at this time of year are almost... They want to be scared tonight. You know, a lot of people around... Not just this country, around the world will be... Um, going to you know they'll be either watching scary movies if there wasn't so many lockdowns around the world they'll probably be going to like these horror mazes people yeah. want that yeah. fear it's they like do. they you know people people don't want to be people don't want to be scared like oh I think I might ignore that um, you know that worrying health symptom and I won't go to the hospital you know yeah, they, they, you know, they don't it. pursue that fear but in this yeah. kind of fear there's a curiosity isn't there and, it's a safe fear isn't it well that's the illusion isn't it yeah, I guess yeah I mean, have you not seen Annabelle? Uh, um, it's it, it's interesting though because I I think it's uh, I think there's a natural fear there, and I don't just mean like a natural fear as in like you know if you saw a lion you'd be scared um, if it was out of the zoo you know it was in the street that's a natural fear. I mean a natural fear as in um, it, it's something people. Uh, it's almost like there's something inside like curiosity probably is a natural curiosity is probably a better phrase for it. Um, and 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 I would believe that that's because there's something inside all of us, really, regardless of our beliefs, that just you know just wants to know a, well perhaps a little bit more reassurance of like what happens when my heart stops beating, um, you know. It, Absolutely. It, and and I think that's I think that's a fair acknowledgement. You know, we all you know all of us have some whether it's fear or concerns or questions about that. And I think by pursuing the you know in this in this sense the the dead um you know that we can perhaps get some questions some deep fundamental questions answered and I, possibly yeah. I, I mean i i'd sort of hold that that uh that conflated 
idea that there must be more to what there is here mm. is really tied bound up with self-esteem and feeling that we should be in a situation where we're more than what we are and actually sure. we're, we are um, and this is my belief system very little we are just sure. a, a blip in time very little and really what we want to be doing is um, holding on to this belief that we're actually more than that and, mm. and so going back to the veneration of saints or the idea that the, the certain dead people or certain mythologized characters are more than is symptomatic of wanting to be yeah more than what we are um and actually we're, we're really nothing which is freeing in itself for yeah. me yeah i think it's freeing to believe that the time that you have now is is the only time you'll have and, yeah. and you won't have anything else whereas other people want to cling to an idea that we have more and there is more mm-hmm. and there's this and there's that and there's there's extra um there's extra stuff in the world, extra sensory things, sure. ghosts and beliefs and things, because actually we're, in some ways, you could believe that we're very limited. We're not, but... Um, See, I, I, and, and yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's a rational way of, uh, of understanding that. And, I, and I, I do agree, we, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we are um, essentially, we, we, you know, we are insignificant in, in that respect. Um, I, I like to think, though, that we're... Um, we're kind of like a heartbeat, um, if I'm going to, to use an analogy here. So we're kind of like a heartbeat. You know, you're going to have millions of them over the, uh, the period of your life. Um, but you don't want to miss one. You don't want to skip a heartbeat, as they say. You know, a skipped heartbeat can be a dangerous thing. If your heart stops working for a, for a second or two, it, it's not something you're after. So those individual heartbeats, whilst, you know, whilst very insignificant in the grand scheme of things... Um, are important and valued. Absolutely, in, 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 in the real respect. That's what I'm saying. You, you have yeah. to sort of reframe what you're thinking about and think, well, every moment is important um, and it's, it's about that. So, you know, some people think atheism means that you have nothing. Well, actually, you have everything, but it's just a time-limited situation. Sure. So, anyway, um, so go. Yes, it got, got kind of deep there. <laughs> so, just... I guess you know we 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 were touching briefly at the beginning of that just on like um, on fear um, it, you know it, and attracting essentially I, I would look at this as a way of attracting uh, otherly entities so again like looking at tonight where people are wanting to be scared um, in that respect there's there's not many people report um, essentially the you know the, for someone like myself wouldn't necessarily uh, come to me and say um you know i've uh, i've i've just experienced this by the way i had you know nothing else beforehand it was you know it it might have been that beforehand they made they used a, a ouija board or they'd come into a house which had a history of haunting so something something like that um usually there i find that there are people that are more susceptible to um the the senses senses as such um it's it does it's not very many skeptical people i find have had those experiences although it does it has happened before i've had a i have had one or two instances in the past and we will talk about that obviously on a, on another episode um i guess because really i'm trying to keep on point what i'm saying is that is that tonight people are trying to attract entities whether they believe it or not and um i i found that uh, and they, funny enough, they picked up on this in a few different films that the more people tend to say talk about ghosts, 
uh, it seems that they start to experience more phenomena. Um, and I don't think this is always down to, I know where you, you want to go with this, that they're looking for that. Yeah. But um, we, in this particular instance, um, with, and, and I'm not talking about, um, oh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a sign from God and, you know, and I, I'm waiting for it. And then all of a sudden I, I see something somewhere is like, and it almost becomes some kind of confirmation, like a confirmation, confirmation. bias. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, for example, I, I will use my house, my household uh, uh, situation. So um, as much as I uh, have a belief uh, in um, in other entities, um, because I, and I want I do want to clarify that at some point, because um, um, I, th- I certainly think there's there's one realm where you could be looking at things such as we, we might class them as, say, demons and angels. And that's different in that respect to Dan's looking for one around the room right now um, it's right behind you um, and it, that's different to uh, our souls and you know and, and ghosts in that respect they're, they're actually two different kinds of phenomena um, but in, in my house for example so I have that um, I have that belief but I'm not actively looking in my house for ghosts I mean, I'm not I'm not consistently thinking of things but um, for example recently we had a doll in our room and I know people always think about dolls and it's like oh that's a bit creepy no this was just a, one of my daughter's normal dolls just left in the room um, and it was caught on camera and it moves um, which was slightly freaky to say the least you know it freaked me out even someone who's you know I, I, I claim to have seen things uh, in the past wasn't looking for it wasn't thinking about it nothing's happened for a long time and it just happened on its own um, I've uh, I've recently put that footage on YouTube actually, so you can have a little look at that. But I mean, it's... wasn't quite sure why it was doing the Macarena, but <laughs> well, it is my favourite dance. We have discussed this before, Dan. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But you know, you have to be able to have a dance where you're dancing solo in these times, where you can't always have a oh, partner. Socially distance. Socially distant, acceptable Macarena. Exactly, as it's now called. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I but I I just wonder, you know, like. Um, we, you know, we're doing the we're doing the podcast now. Is that is that a way of, um, uh, you know, obviously we might have discussed things in recent weeks, or um, obviously the I'm, I'm at the moment for the listeners, I'm, I'm developing a website around this, um, which will be released very soon, and it just makes you wonder if, like, you know, by my actions, is, is that in a respect, in a sense, opening a door? Now I have my own opinions on that, but. Um, it, I, it might be something down to the law of attraction. It can work in it different ways. Be. Any thoughts on that? I I still return to the idea that it's about wanting to be that way and and wanting mm. to see things. And um, you know we we are hardwired to see things out of the corner of our eyes. We're still the same as we were thousands of years ago, yeah. if not more than that we're still the same creatures with the still same machines we just live in this environment yeah but in essence we're still very much the same and we were hardwired to spot the tiger in the jungle and and whatever and so on and so forth and and i guess that plays into it in some way that we want to be seeing things that we can't explain sure and it goes back to what I was saying before, I think, that we want things to be unexplained in some way. Are you, are you wanting to see anything tonight? No. I'm, and that wasn't no, a, a come no. on, by the way. Yeah, so yeah. 
How would it be any different to normal? Um, <laughs> no, I would no, I don't have any particular interest in seeing anything tonight. We might watch uh, a film. Uh, I think there's going to be a choice in the household of what we watch, Toby. We're, we're currently relying on the... I can't even say it. Trolley. Hotel Transylvania. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure. I had to, last time it was on, I had to pause it some way through. And it is quite terrifying. Have a little, little three. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we might put it on. I, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but no, in reality, I don't. I, I think that there's the, like I say, the belief is that it might be that this is as has always been the crossover period, the liminal yeah. period, like you say. Yeah. You know, I mean, we the more we become modernised in the way that we do things, the further away from traditions we move and the more that we we forget what thousands of years have passed where people did things a certain way. Yeah. And, and, you know, you have to acknowledge in some ways that certain things are archaic but they still have value and I do sort of understand that sure. but at the same time that's, I don't believe it for them very much I, I, you know, I, I mean I'm the sort of person I haven't been to Japan I've seen pictures of it but until I've been there yeah. I'm like you don't believe in Japan's Japan skeptic. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, so. Just for the listeners at home, that is, that is Dan's benchmark. So whilst he puts forward a great argument, he currently doesn't believe Japan exists. No, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm sceptical. I'm, yeah. I'm Japan agnostic. But, <laughs> I think we all are in some ways. Yeah, I think so. Um, we've... Um, um, yeah, and, and, it, and it's... Do you know what, though? For, for Again, for someone like myself who... Um, my, my beliefs come from... Um, predominantly from experience um, and from some particular um, accounts and footage and things like that that have happened over and we're not just talking like you know once or twice we're on about like experiences over the past 30 plus years so that's where I sort of get mine from but still when I when I go to a house to I said like you know um, either perform like a, a, a blessing or a house exorcism or something like that that in the first instance and always when talking through people I will explore every single possibility that it's something else and that's not a dismissal of someone else's beliefs but that you know the human brain can do all sorts of things and uh, we can experience other, other th- you know other phenomena that isn't always down to a paranormal experience but it's important to I think not dismiss I don't dismiss those things I just seek the uh, I, I do the, the scientific element um, aspect i guess in that respect and always go for the simplest explanation first of all because that's usually the right answer but um history uh shows us that um that's not always the answer and actually sometimes the simplest explanation isn't the answer that we want and in this instance it can be something quite terrifying let's not Um, forget the name of that the simplest answer is the most obvious. Uh, yeah. Occam's razor. Occam's razor. That's that is right. So uh, a little bit of philosophy for and, people. And uh, the other phrase that I always like: when you see hoof prints, think horses, not zebras, which yeah. is quite relevant in the medical field. Yes. The idea being that most of the time, the obvious answer or the answer that it is quite frequently yeah. is the answer. Yeah. And so when your three screen. Uh, bass guitar that actually only has two strings left on it starts levitating in the room as it just has done that um 
the and simplest explanation is that it's that it's still doing uh, that it's a poltergeist and it's not gravity has uh, gone up shit creek. So, so angry, um, angry bassist. An angry bassist. Would it be a spirit? A spirit of an angry bassist? Because uh, what alternatives are there? There isn't one because that ties oh. us nicely into the next section that we want to talk about. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yes, it so, would be excellent. Well, next section. Uh, next topic for us today and uh, really I think this will be a nice conclusion to today's podcast Mm. Um, we're going to look at Spirit of the Week Hey it's Spirit of the Week Spirit of the Week Spirit of the week, Dan. Again. Spirit of the week. It's a. Uh, it's our new section. Um, it's a new podcast. It's a new it's, podcast. It's a section. Yes. Maybe. So uh, yes. all the sections are new. I just wanted to make a point that uh, you know this snuck in there yeah. at the last. Yes. Yeah. It wanted to be part of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just off off recording, we've got a big wheel. It's true. With all the titles on of what we wanted to choose, and I span it, and it landed on something else. But Steve was like, "Nah, I want Spirit of the Week." Yeah. So then, you know, Wheel of Fortune, whatever. I just moved the peg, and, and here we are. So <laughs> we could have got Phenomena of the Period. Yeah, Phenomena uh-huh. of the Period. Yeah. Um, ghostly Graham's, which is a serial-based ghost. Um, <laughs> thing that we could have come up with or oh, sugar spirits it's a bit like sugar daddies except they're they're dead and they don't give much sugar daddies sugar daddies would have been better I would have worked better wouldn't yeah, it yeah well can't yeah. re-record this no <laughs> bugger um, there you go perhaps I should discuss my spirit of the week would you like to discuss your spirit of the well, week what have you got for us Dan what's your surprise uh, well I don't know if you've heard of Can, oh sorry I'll just stop yeah. I'll just stop yeah, just one yeah. second just for the listeners at home yeah. this is our surprise section not just to you the listeners if you're still listening but to us um, so uh, we decided we'd, we'd go away and do our own little bit of research and it is a little bit of research yeah. um, and, uh, and surprise the other with some yeah, some spirit based information I've got, I have no idea I've, I've got a vague idea of what he's got I'm right excited but, uh, but so I will interrupt yeah, you so no more go, go yeah, for it yeah yeah so I, I don't know if you've heard of this so in essence I don't know if it's obvious to everybody but Spirit of the Week is essentially a way of looking at what famous recorded ghosts there are out there yeah and uh, looking at the story in a little bit of detail any more detail you need, you need to Google it yourself, you know, but... Uh, Sounds good to me. So I, I, before this, went online, had a look. I pulled it from a reasonably available source, so I've not looked in all of the famous books, nothing like that. And, <laughs> so you've not looked in an encyclopedia? No. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, this one this week from me is someone called Hearn the Hunter. Ooh, sounds like a wrestler. It does, doesn't it? Hearn the Hunter. Introducing. Probably got less like her on than you'd want, oh, really. Yeah, that's um, a shame. Hearn the Hunter is someone, is a ghost um, who's associated with Windsor Forest at Windsor Castle. Oh, okay. And the Great Park, both in Berkshire, you know. Is that, first... is, that, is that National Trust? Place? I believe so. So people can go there on their They could, they could, yeah. and they'll learn about it if they went. 
first mentioned by Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, I don't know if you know the bloke, uh, large can't. forehead, wrote stuff. Uh, can't say about it. Yeah, Victorian period. No, Elizabethan. Elizabethan, ah, there you Elizabethan go. period. Yes. So he was around, uh, he wrote in the court of Elizabeth, etc. Um, and he wrote about it, uh, probably a lot of times Shakespeare will include stuff in his plays, a little bit, a little nugget of something, yep. and you won't really know where it's from, but you get the idea. Um, he mentioned it in his play, The Merry Wives of Windsor. Oh, okay. Hearn is a ghost who has antlers coming from his head, rides a horse, torments cattle, and <laughs> rattles his chains. I don't know what tormenting chat- cattle exactly means. Is he a cow tipper? Poking them with a ghostly spoon? I couldn't say. Maybe a cow tipper, yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. But uh, it what, doesn't... Just on that note, would a cow mm. ghost go boo? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, it depends what you think of why ghosts would come back. Yeah. Are cows in the situations where naturally they have to come back to haunt people? <laughs> I wouldn't know. Do they have? Do, do yes. cows naturally haunt other cows, <laughs> or do they take a broad up. spectrum on everybody and, and do everything? Yeah. Anyway, so there was an earlier version of the play that was unearthed, yeah. and it was found that uh, interestingly, Hearn. It was written at the time. Yeah. Horn. Oh, yeah. So okay. Horn the Hunter, the, That's my surname. Of your surname. Yeah, wow. And he said in the earlier version of this play to have been, to have been created and made up by mothers to scare children into obedience. So I guess you would use this creature to say, you know, go to bed at this time, it's late. Yeah. You know, ah. um, if you don't, Horn the Hunter will come and get you. Okay, so... Um, it's also noted... Um, in the legend that he was Hearn was one of the keepers at uh, Windsor Forest during the reign of King Hen, uh, Richard II. Oh, Hearn was a favoured person after he'd saved the king from being attacked by a stag, but after committing a terrible crime and uh, fearing that he would lose his role. Yeah. You know, bearing in mind, this is Elizabethan times, Richard, you know, Richard mm. II. There's a period where, I guess, you would have a role that you wasn't, you didn't get because, you know, you got it because of your status. Of and, course, yes. Um, yeah. I guess yeah. I wouldn't really know. Um, <laughs> but uh, after this crime, fearing he'd lose his role, fearing the consequences... He hanged himself on this great tree. Oh, crikey. That, um, that was in the forest um. at Windsor. Um, so this is the story of uh, Hearn the Hunter. Yeah. However, it may be that this character also goes back in folklore. Hearn the Hanging Hunter. Yeah. Well, I guess that the, the, the hanging is why there's a belief that this character hunts and haunts. Yeah. Because uh, the hanging itself was a traumatic event and uh, there are some people that believe that ghosts stick around because of some traumatic thing that happened and their death yeah. was yeah. traumatic. Um, but it is said that this story goes much further back than Richard II oh, okay. to a Celtic horned god that I would mispronounce as either Serunos or Kerunos yeah. or other mythical features, uh, figures such as someone called 
Gwyn, son of Nud, oh. in Welsh folklore, which has a Welsh... Sounds like a Welsh Bible. Yeah. Gwyn, son of Nud. Yeah, don't really exactly. Yeah, I mean, a newer accent. Really, rugby. Or, in Christian uh, folklore and belief, it might be that these mythical other creatures might be uh, Gabriel. Oh, OK. Who, uh, in some ways, you could believe is mythical. Or Herod, very much a real person, but yeah. might have been... Uh, misplaced in time in the Bible somehow, or the devil, oh. or even Odin himself. Oh, Odin, who uh, as the Norse the god? If yes. you uh, want to think about the yeah. Odin Norse god for a minute, the one hanged god. himself from the great tree Yggdrasil. He did. So there's some connection between Herne the Hunter hanging from a tree and uh, Odin hanging from the from Yggdrasil, or as going back to ghosts. It could be that this character is uh, somewhat involved, going back to something mm. to uh, something called the Wild Hunt, if you know anything about that, where essentially uh, a mythological figure, as mentioned, yes. would be escorted by ghostly or supernatural group of hunters passing through in a wild pursuit yeah. or a wild hunt. Ah, okay. And uh, people believe generally that this wild hunt would take place in the skies and would precipitate some event. So even in, in a Christian period, it might be that a new abbot is coming mm. who is a bit of a bastard. Yes. And uh, people have said, well, Jeff, the new abbot, who says that we, don't have, we can't talk and we all have to eat rice instead of our lovely tasty things, a gr- a turns potatoes. out, just before he turned up, yeah. I saw the wild hunt. People are, oh, yeah, yeah. So there's some links there yeah. with the idea of this. And that's my ghost of the week. That's interesting. Hearn the Hunter. Hearn the Hunter. Have a look yourself. Read into it. There's a lot of links there Hearn. between this character Shakespeare mentioned and then all of these other things yeah. that would suggest a, a myth- mythological folklore um, beginnings, which I guess you could... I mean, just out of interest, Shakespeare himself uh, was very much someone who took a lot from the sources around at the time and is very well yes. quite well read, despite yes. being not very well educated, as is believed. So, it, so. Interestingly, um, just for a little story on that, this, was, this wasn't my spirit of the week, and just to link on there where you mentioned Shakespeare. Um, Shakespeare does allude to lots of different uh, spooks and spectres through many of his plays. And uh, he makes a reference to um, uh, one of the one of the two boys who were kept in the towers. So one of the princes, yeah. um, and he uh, discusses this person in a little bit of detail. And interestingly, um, large town in Kent, Ashford, um, it has a uh, a huge manor on the outskirts called Eastwell Manor. Um, and I used to live off the back of there, so I was quite interested in it. And uh, it, it, it's believed that uh, if you if you ever driven past there, you'd know you've gone past it because it's one of these big manors where I mean you can go there now for like a almost like a hotel retreat kind of thing, you know, where you go and have a spa day that sort of thing. But the whole thing surrounded by an enormous brick wall that goes on for seemingly miles. I mean, the place is like three thousand acres in total, somewhere thereabouts. Um, and it's believed that actually the guy who did most of the brickwork there, uh, he was um, uh, he was an apprentice of a like a top brickwork 
a brick worker at the time and he was brought up in one of the uh, small cottages on the site and that that person in particular was one of the boys from the tales uh, from from the towers and okay. uh, and Shakespeare alludes to him and apparently his ghost can be seen on the site um, so that would be one of those echoes we kind of talked about earlier but you've you've discussed there Hearn, I mean, I hadn't heard of him before, but Hearn the Hanging Hunter Horn, mm. essentially, which, again, it sounds like an amazing wrestler, um, and I'd be keen to see him lift the WWE heavyweight title someday. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Hearn the Hunter. But you, I feel like you've done me a favour there by, like, you know, obviously uh, drawing in my surname, and, and yeah, I, uh, I mean, obviously that was entirely deliberate, and I appreciate that. Um, and it wasn't by chance at all. No, there was, but there was incidentally, I've returned in the same favour. So if yes. you, if uh, if you, the listener, haven't noticed already, that Dan speaks with a Yorkshire accent. He's going to tell me my Yorkshire accent's terrible now. Oh, it is. Um, but um, my my ghost of the week. A podcast my... with a ghostly uh, Jimmy Savile. <laughs> No, 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 no. no. Um, we've just lost all of our listeners. <laughs> all, all, all of spirit, spirit, my spirit of the week um, comes from Yorkshire. So it comes from your neck of the woods. A little tribute to you there, Dan. Um, but uh, you'll hear this title, and some of you might think, hang on a second, that ghost doesn't come from Yorkshire. I've heard that one before, because my, my spirit of the week is the white lady. Now, if you've heard of the White Lady before, um, you'll probably think of many different stories and accounts because the White Lady is not a specific ghost or spirit. It's a type of ghost, um, and it's a common type of female ghost that's typically dressed in a white dress. And this is where we get the idea of like a you know, when you see like a bedsheet over someone, they're dressed as a as a ghost in that yeah. sense, which. Makes me. Th- I've got a joke for you. I've got a Halloween oh, joke really? on that. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, why don't monsters eat ghosts? Because they taste like sheet. Yeah. <laughs> Thought you'd enjoy that one. Absolutely. Just uh, listen. Soak that one up for a moment. There we go. And once they've calmed down from their hysterics, I'll move on. Um, so the white lady again. It's a common type of female ghost that's typically dressed in a white dress. Uh, in the UK, there's actually thirteen. Um, ominous number 13 there's actually 13 uh, historic accounts from different parts of the country of um, it might be there's a couple of ca- uh, castles that report a, a lady in white um, but the the white lady I'm focusing on is quite a uh, it, it's more of a modern phenomenon um, um, is uh, the, the white lady from Yorkshire um, sometimes known as the running lady to make more specific again you can google this but um, did you need to know the exact area Dan so that I you could perhaps you take a drive I, there yeah, yeah. I mean, give your old man a phone call a as well place. Yeah. so if you yeah, google uh, the Beeford Strait or Beeford Strait uh, so that's B-E-E-F-O-R-D Beeford Strait. It's a long stretch of road. It's uh, between a couple of uh, large areas. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's a road that's used uh, quite frequently. It's a relatively fast road. Um, there's been many many reports over the years uh, of where motorists are reported seeing a woman running across the road to what is now a fairly major juncture. No junction. Um, which uh, interestingly just makes me think that it might be someone running for their bus. Well, you know, we don't really know. I think it's like yeah, it possibly is. We 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 don't know the um, the full story of where this comes. We believe that um, 
we've been led to believe that it was someone who got run over or mm-hmm. was actually killed on the road and mm-hmm. before it was so busy. I mean, going um, back to the person running for a bus, do you yeah. think this person, this ghostly sighting happens yeah. at the same time every day except for weekends? Um, I and Easter and bank holidays. Yeah. Yes. That might possibly. be the key to it. It might Maybe be the key to unraveling this mystery. Yeah. But although, it, to be fair, if you was, I mean, can you imagine actually being that ghost and be, you know, your constant loop, your your constant experience? That, by the way, was a minor earthquake. That was the the uh, uh, cricket bat, bass guitar um, falling down. The ghost finally let go. Um, can you imagine being a ghost and you're stuck in a loop and your loop basically consists of you running for a bus? I think that could only ever happen in Yorkshire. Yeah, you call it seven to Paris Burn. Exactly. Yeah, would be really disappointing. Yeah. Or Some sort of purgatorial bus, bus again. chase. <laughs> Slow well, down. It just tells you about the mundanity of living in Yorkshire. Yeah. What's happened? There's another cloud. It's that, that kind of that thing. That was a Manchester accent. That was a little yeah. bit, wasn't it? Um, it? Basically, for again, if you're listening to this anywhere outside of the UK, anywhere past London uh, is considered north. Um, uh, so there we go. So all the accents kind of merge, and uh, me and Dan have a special understanding of that. But I want to get onto two accounts of that, because obviously you gave me the, the stories about the, the hanging and things like that. Mm. So... Uh, the tragedy is, and it is a tragic story in there somewhere, that, that some lady um, uh, either died for, from some tragic circumstance and we think that she might have been running from her murderer and that's why she's running um, in that instance and she disappears at the time of her death, that kind of thing. Um, interestingly, there has been interactions though with this ghost. So normally from an echo, you would see, as I mentioned earlier on, you would see something and those ghosts don't tend to interact. Now, if there needs to be some resolution to that spirit, so it needs to, I don't know, go to some kind of peace, then there usually has to be some form of uh, uh, of exorcism in some way or some kind of uh, ritual um, or performance to enable that spirit to finally move on to the next life, some kind of resolution. So I would suggest that because of the vagueness of the story, that this spirit has not had peace. The murderer might still be at large, something along those lines. Um, because, uh, as, as I mentioned, there's been interactions uh, most recently, um, and I think this may be 2019, but feel free to correct me. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but there was has been several tragic accidents along that stretch of the road. And uh, many of which have, people have reported seeing this person, and that might have caused them to, you know, actually like sl- swerve out the way or something like that. Most recently was um, uh, six people dying in one one car crash, which is absolutely horrendous. Um, but it, the interesting one for me is a uh, the famous story is a motorcyclist actually seeing this lady and pulling over, thinking you know that the, it's not near any houses or anything like that. Is this woman in distress? And offering to give her a lift, so uh, you know to the to the next town or what have you. Um, and this lady got onto his motorbike, um, and then he's looked around as he's got, you know, sort of further up the road just to make sure she's okay. So they, you know, they've been riding along for a bit, and she's not there. Mm. Um, there's a couple of things about that. Either he did pick up a real. Uh, woman and yeah. she fell off unfortunately yeah, that yeah. might have even caused the running lady uh, she might be running after him or perhaps there's a certain uh, district that we're not being told about in that part of Yorkshire where uh, young ladies might walk the road wanting to be picked up well it might also be that that um, is it just happens to be on a boundary line and I know it isn't but it would be amusing if it was yeah I suppose 
between a tier one, tier two, and tier three district. <laughs> and, uh, you know, ghosts are unusually inherent to yeah. Boris's... Uh, <laughs> they don't respect that. ...tier system. system. Oh, this yeah. one does. Oh, okay. It respects yeah. conservative guidelines, at least. Yeah, interesting. Really. <laughs> well, I guess we're never, we might all be in the same lockdown soon anyway. So well, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So... Um, but the, it's interesting that we've gone from your uh, Hern Horn ghost to my yeah. Horny ghost potentially. But they both is... have origins, I guess. In and and this is something that we're we're really covering, I guess. In some ways, they both have origins in mythical and folklore belief systems. Yes. So the the White Lady, as you mentioned, is something that uh, pervades. Uh, our British and continental folklore system, this idea that there's this sort of uh, woman in white, uh, usually it appears, uh, mm. a Caucasian lady, who, uh, you know, there's something maybe mm. that has roots in our beliefs of wanting certain things to be upheld. So, you know, something where someone's trapped between a particular system, someone who's um, looking out for something, uh, a lady who needs some sort of saving, and we know that that's a, a thread throughout yeah. a lot of things that we see in terms of uh, masculine ways of writing and thinking about things. Could be. Um, you know, or it could be a real ghost. It could be a real ghost. You know, and, that, that and, and if anyone's going to see that ghost, it's going to be tonight, isn't it? It might so, be. Yeah. It might or, be as you say, it might be Monday. It's a very unlikely scenario. <laughs> Um, that you are from Beeford or nearby and you're listening to this, feel free to pop out and see. Yeah. And, um, um, or, like uh, like we just alluded to a second ago, uh, maybe on Monday when she's catching the bus. Yes, uh, probably 7.30 in the morning on awesome. our way to the office. Yes. Yeah. Up um, with the early church. Up probably. with the early church. Um, Dan, that has, that's been Halloween. That has, that, that's, that's been that's Halloween. Been um, if you're still listening, thank you so much for sticking around. Um we had plans to spend about 20 minutes to 30 minutes perhaps doing this, and I reckon we've got closer to an hour. Uh, but it is the Halloween special. So, you know, we wanted to kind of introduce uh, ourselves to you, the listeners, and also um, to cover a lot of a broad range of topics, I think, this week. Um, well, I think it's just going to be thematically how it goes from yeah, here on in. Possibly, yeah. Um, so um, we will be hoping to get back to you very shortly uh, if we can get this out weekly we will do as you know we live in unprecedented times and there's lots going on which may prevent that happening but we will do our best to uh, to keep you informed uh, of the world of the paranormal from British Haunting um, the website will be going live very very soon that'll be BritishHaunting.com so just jot that down somewhere and um uh, remember to follow the podcast. If you could share this, that would be fantastic. Uh, we are doing this for the absolute love and pleasure of it. And it's been a pleasure speaking to you. So from myself, Steve, I want to say thank you. Absolutely. And uh, from me, I want to say uh, enjoy your Halloween. Happy Halloween and goodbye and see you next episode.